Hi, folks. It's Rabbi Sharon Brouse here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. I want to just take um, a couple of minutes before we close tonight to reflect a little bit on the week that is closing with this Shabbat and to share some thoughts uh, with you about how that connects to the Parsha that we read this Shabbat. It's actually a Haremot Kadoshim, double Parsha. This was um, my daughter Sammy's Bat Mitzvah Parsha two years ago. Many of you were there. Um, and we prepare, when we were preparing together, she was really wrestling with one of the ideas that emerges from this parsha. So two goats are taken before the priest, uh, before all of Israel as witnesses. And one of those goats is offered as a sacrifice to God, while the other one is designated by Lot to go to Azazel. And what the Torah tells us is that the goat that's designated for Azazel is the one that is left standing alive and, uh, and we make expiation with it and then send it off into the wilderness for Azazel. So, so here's what happens. The priest lays hands on this poor goat and transfers onto this goat all of the sins of the people Israel. And then that goat is sent off to Azazel, which is, is what Rashi calls a steep, rocky, hard place. It, maybe it's a cliff or maybe it's just a wilderness where that goat's going to go to die, never to return. This goat, in early medieval English translations of the Bible, this, this goat was called the escape goat, which eventually became the scapegoat. So I want to just invite us to think for a moment about what we're being taught here in the Torah portion. We are placing our sins and our offenses onto some innocent being, an innocent animal, and then sending him off the cliff so that we never have to contend again with the mistakes that we ourselves made. This is like, I was thinking it's kind of the, the inverse of the telltale heart. It's the, the message is you don't have to be plagued by regret. It's wrong, it's over, it's wiped from memory, it's out of sight and out of mind. But Sammy, my daughter, was really troubled by this idea, and so am I. And what really bothered her about it is that it's not just weird, it's definitely weird and strange, but it's actually morally bankrupt. So I wanna ask us to think about what place there is for this kind of transference of guilt in our Torah, in a tradition that tries to teach us about radical accountability. Send him away so that you don't have to contend with your own role and your own responsibility in the rupture in the social fabric. Put it on someone else and then send it out of sight. And I've been thinking about it strangely this week as we heard the verdict in what I think might be the most consequential murder trial in generations in this country. And I wondered if we as a society wouldn't be inclined to engage in a kind of scapegoating of the officer, now that even his own police chief had testified against him, and especially now that he had been convicted. And let me be really clear so you understand what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. In the Torah, the goat is totally innocent. 
the officer we all saw and the jury found was guilty three times over. And yet I still held the fear that the sight of this man being taken away in handcuffs, pushed out into the wilderness of Azazel would permit us to breathe a kind of collective sigh of relief as if the weight of the burden of confronting generations of entrenched violent racism had been lifted from all of our shoulders. And I feared that we would feel ironically liberated from the work of confronting the afflicted roots of the tree. Look, we would say, we got rid of the bad apple. Now, can we please move on already? Would we not try to unburden ourselves by laying the sins of racism on the shoulders of one person as an excuse, a justification, not to look at the whole system, not to look at the way that many, many people over many, many years have contributed to the moral vacuum that led to those fateful nine minutes and 29 seconds last May. Here, I find Rambam's interpretation of the scapegoat to be really helpful. He writes in the Guide for the Perplexed, there is no doubt that sins cannot be carried like a burden and taken off the shoulder of one being and laid on that of another being. Well, if that's the case, then what's the point of the scapegoat ceremony, you might ask? The ceremony, Rambam says, is only symbolic. It serves to impress people with a certain idea, to induce them to repent, as if to say, we have freed ourselves of our previous deeds. We have cast them behind us. We've removed them from us as far as possible. Now, that is a very interesting and powerful idea. The whole point of the scapegoat ritual, Rambam says, is to allow us, if only for one moment, to imagine what we might be were we not defined by the very worst of who we are. Let the goat hold all that guilt just for a minute, and then we will be unburdened. We will be freed to imagine who we could be and to do the work of actually getting there. So what then is the challenge for this moment? In the midst of the violence, the corruption and the cruelty, can we allow the conviction that we saw this week to free us for a moment to imagine a system that works to keep every person safe, that works to keep every community safe, that protects and honors the lives of black men walking into convenience stores and the lives of sick Americans people who are just heading out to work in their FedEx warehouse and the lives of 13-year-old Latino boys with their hands in the air. Are we brave enough? Are we big-hearted enough? Are we free enough to imagine a world that treats every single person as an image of the Holy One? That, at the end of a long and emotional week, that is our challenge now. I. I'm heartened on this Shabbat, I'm relieved, and I'm not done. The work is not nearly done. So I pray that we use this sacred time, this Shabbat to breathe, to reflect, to remember, and then to reimagine what actually might be possible. Hi, it's Mayim Bialik actor, neuroscientist, e-car member, and lover of all things Jewish. Do you like what you're listening to? 
please consider donating to ECAR so that we can continue creating more podcasts and fulfilling our mission of harnessing untapped energy in the Jewish community to reanimate Jewish life, embody moral courage, nurture the spirit, and work to decipher what it means to be a human being in the world today. Why don't you visit our website at ecar-la.org and give today.